unscripted. Each episode is available to view on YouTube, so be sure to check us out. You can also find us on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. Thanks for listening and enjoy the show. I think this highlights the reason Jesus came to earth and lived this perfect sinless life we could never live. And then he takes on all that brokenness and all that sin and all that evil on himself and he pays for it completely and fully, dying the death that we deserve. And then he walks out of the grave triumphant over all of that mess. And then he says, take my heart, like you can do this, I'll do this for you. And I think that is when forgiveness becomes possible. Hey everybody, welcome back to Saints Unscripted. Today we have with us Pastor Logan. Pastor Logan is uh, an evangelical pastor and we're super happy to have him on here with us to talk about Jesus. Um, because, I, man, we got a lot of Latter-day Saints up in here and it's just, it's nice, it's refreshing to have. We're crowding up all the, all the room. Yeah, it's refreshing to have uh, our evangelical friend here with us. Uh, we're grateful you're here. Maybe tell us a little bit about yourself and uh, tell us a little bit, bit about um, your, your house church. That yeah. So uh, my wife and I are from North Carolina and we live, uh, lived here in Provo now for almost 11 years. And we moved here to start a church. We were church planters, mm -hmm. uh, meaning we just come in and start a, a church from scratch. Um, so yeah, we were actually meeting just down the street at the uh, Baymont Inn and Suites for, for five years in the conference center and ended up absorbing another church in Salt Lake City and became what's called a multi-site church. So I was driving back and forth between Salt Lake City and Provo and uh, holding a couple services that way. But nice. uh, about eight years into that, it just came to the realization that we are not making disciples. Like we're gathering a crowd. Mm. Um, we have some spectators, some a lot of consumerism. Mm. Um, but I really don't see people following following after Jesus. And so we said we had to do something drastic. And so part of that conversation ended up being, let's sell the buildings uh, and move into house churches. So we are part of a network of house churches now that has uh, seven locations across the Wasatch Front and uh, actually just teaching people to walk out um, in basically what Jesus already commands them and gives them the authority to do, just to do that individually and not necessarily be so dependent on me. Hmm. So it's been a journey. That's really cool. <laughs> I, I, we should go. <laughs> you can, come I on. Just to check I it out. That. You come sit with us this Sunday. It'd be good. Cool. Yeah, no, because like uh, during the quarantine, we uh, we all moved to like in-home, mm -hmm. you know, church meetings where like we would get like a broadcast and then we would have like our own little our sacrament ceremony in our homes. And that was like, it always brought a totally different uh, perspective on your house. Like this is a sacred space, mm -hmm. you know? And so, and it really kind of brought it home and made it more real. That's good. So like the whole how in house, house church yeah. that you call it, um, that's like a super cool concept. Yeah. So we're excited to have you here today uh, just to, to fight about the Trinity and uh, <laughs> all those other doctrines that we might disagree on. Uh, we brought some, some sock and boppers, I think. <laughs> just gonna have at each other. Uh, just kidding, just kidding. That, you guys know that's not how we roll, but we're really excited to talk about Jesus. Yeah. And uh, specifically, we're gonna be talking a little bit about forgiveness, um, which is something that you know crosses all kinds of religious boundaries. So mm -hmm. I'm sure we're just gonna agree on everything. But. Um, <laughs> 
But 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 tell us tell us what you got for us. Sometimes as Latter Day Saints, um, we we have our own vernacular, we have our own yeah. kind of ways of teaching things, and sometimes being taught from a different perspective is really helpful. So so yeah. what are kind of your thoughts on on repentance and forgiveness and and where Jesus fits in? Yes, sir. I think uh, I think one of the reasons we have such a hard time with forgiveness is because we don't have a clear understanding of the forgiveness that's extended to us by the Father through Jesus Christ. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think a good example of that, there's a story in, in Matthew 18, which is the first book of the New Testament. And Peter, one of Jesus' disciples, comes to him and is like, hey, how often should I forgive someone? Um, seven times? And Jesus is like, no, seven, seven times 70. And then he tells a story. And he says, the kingdom of heaven is like, so it's like, this is what it means to live as, as the people of God. And he tells this story about a king who's bringing all of his servants before him to just, you know, final up their, their, their debts. And he brings one servant before him who owed this astronomical amount of money. And the king says, I'm going to take you and your wife and your children, and I'm going to throw you into prison, and I'm going to sell everything you have. And that's going to be the situation until you can pay off this huge debt. And so the servant, you know, is freaking out and he falls down on his hands and knees. He's like, no, please don't. I promise I'll pay it all back. I beg of you, don't do this. Don't do this. And the king, it says, has mercy on him. Um, mercy being when we don't get what we deserve. And I mean, the, the guy owed the money. He deserved what the king was, was dealing out. But he says he has mercy on him and he forgives the debt outright. So like he didn't, even though the guy was like, I'll pay you back. The king's like, no, it's just done. You don't have to pay it back. I'm not, it's just, you're forgiven. Then the servant, almost like not grasping what just happened, runs out and finds someone who owed him, I mean, just a couple bucks. I mean, just a fraction and beats the mess out of him and is like threatening him and choking him and saying, you pay me back. And of course that's reported back to the um, to the king, and he ends up going to jail anyway. He's, he's cast into prison. And the last line of that story, Jesus says, is, you know, this is the case with everyone who doesn't forgive from the heart. And so there's something about in our own hearts that doesn't naturally line up with the heart of God. Mm-hmm. And we, I think we miss that. So we can, you know, you can, ex- like this guy, he experienced this, this forgiveness outright and still struggled to live it out in his own life. Does that make sense? Yeah. Mm -hmm. It reminds me, there's a, so there's a story in the Old Testament. Actually, it's not a story. It's it's more in the prophetic books. It's in Jeremiah. And it's right in the middle of chapter 17. And he describes two trees. Um, One um, is planted out in the desert and one's planted by some water. And they're both exposed to the same desert heat, scorching wind, all of this. And yet one withers up and dies and one actually bears fruit. And Jeremiah's point, he's talking about blessings and curses. His point is, where were the roots going to that when the heat came, the wind came, and the struggle came, what what was produced? And so the tree, the tree that went down to the water, obviously, it produced good fruit. And so here's how I think about this with forgiveness. When something comes into our lives where we even have to have a conversation about forgiveness and I talk if I need to forgive someone or they need me to forgive them, those situations do a great job of tipping us over and letting what's in our heart kind of spill out. And so when someone wrongs us, we respond with anger and bitterness or the cold shoulder. It's showing something in our heart. Where's our roots at? Or 
if there's like, you know, there's this forgiveness for that Matthew 18 passage, if there's forgiveness from the heart and I can forgive them and move past it and there's mercy and there's grace, again, it's showing us something in our heart. Does that make sense? Yeah. yeah. And there's things, I don't know when the last time you were wronged. <laughs> I have this, this last season, man, has been one, um, one need to forgive after another and some deep betrayal, um, in our lives, uh, where we've had some, some close friends. There was some, some, some co co laborers, some, some ministry partners. There was some infidelity that had been going on, um, and hidden. And it was infidelity that, I mean, when it came to the surface, it just wrecked and ruined everything. And so here I am and I happened to, to deal with this, um, the reality of it. And it was so, I mean, I don't want to downplay, but I also don't want to go to a bunch of detail. It was bad enough. My wife and I went to a counselor to help process it. Like it was that, that much, there was nothing between me and my wife, but we're trying to process what's just happened to us. Mm -hmm. Um, And it was so interesting in those conversations with her and then with this counselor and even before God, you know, what was, I didn't, I mean, I didn't commit the infidelity. I didn't do the sin. I didn't lie. I didn't deceive anyone, but that whole situation revealed there was some stuff in my heart that was not God honoring. Yeah. That uh, was selfish. Um, that was, uh, was just, just brokenness that I think I wouldn't have recognized had it not spilled out. And so, you know, to say I forgive them and to actually not mean it from the heart, I think is very, uh, I mean, it's, it's well, contrary to what we did. I just talked about there from, from scripture. And so to forgive someone from the heart to have when the bad stuff comes, the heat, and the wind comes, and actually have, still have good fruit comes, I think we need to look at you know what what actually does that entail, and I think sometimes people say sometimes people do us wrong, and they'll say, uh, "Man, will you forgive me? Just p- please forgive me." And someone will say, "Okay, fine, I forgive you," or you know we just kind of acquiesce to that, but really we haven't dealt with the issue, and so genuine forgiveness hasn't taken place yet. And I think if you look at a story like even like in Luke 15, and in Luke 15, it's the story of the prodigal son. And, you know, you guys know the story of the prodigal son. He, yeah. he goes and, he, yeah. and and then he comes back, right? So he's done all this terrible stuff and he comes back. And then you have two responses to him, the response of the father and the response of the older brother. And uh, the reality is all of us lean, I think, more towards the older brother's mm-hmm. response. Um we all, I think it's so funny. You read a Bible story and we all like to cast ourselves as the hero, but that is never like, we're always the villain in, in the stories. But so the brothers ticked off, the father's there. And I think when you compare and contrast their responses, we have some, some principles of what it truly means to forgive someone um, from the heart. And I think the first thing is when you're forgiving someone from the heart, um, you're not throwing it up in their face at some future date. And that's, think about that. That's hard to do. Uh, you know, I even think about relationships even with my spouse. Um, and, and sometimes I'll bring something up and, you know, and we have to have this conversation again. So that's always a blessing. Uh, so no, but you know, someone says, if you tell someone you forgive someone, you can't the next time they do something else say, well, I should have known better because last time you did this mm-hmm. and you throw it back in their face. We also, when you're forgiving someone, you're you're basically promising, I'm not going to sit and dwell on what you did in some negative way. I'm not going to just camp out on that. Mm -hmm. And so when I think of these people, even that story from this past year where these people had hurt us so deeply, to say I forgive them means I'm not going to keep coming back to that and just thinking, God, I can't believe they did that. Man, I can't believe they they said that. Gee, man, just like 
get myself all fired up and I'm, I'm saying I'm not going to do that. In other words, that forgiveness is just as much for you. As right. It is for them. Well, you know, you can get in your own head. Sure. And then, of course, it doesn't it doesn't stay there. It spills out. And that's, I think, to the third thing, I'm, it's, I'm promising I'm not going to talk to others about it. <laughs> so, mm. you know, if you let something soak in your, in your thoughts a lot, you're going to look for an outlet to say, hey, let me tell you, be careful around those people over here because here's what they did to me. Right. And you're just now you're, you're burning them on that end, too. Um, and then and this is the biggest thing. And you see this in the prodigal son with the father as he, he's literally embracing um, the, the guy that had run off. Forgiving someone means you're not going to keep them at arm's length. And so I think sometimes we say, well, I'll forgive them, but I won't forget. And the relationship will never be the same. Well, that's not true forgiveness, because if you truly forgave them, the relationship could go back to how it was. That is so contrary to human nature. And that was, to be honest, in this situation with this people I'm referring to here, that was one of the hardest things for me. And I'm not even saying I've done it well. Um, but I remember afterwards, we had this big sit down and we went through all this and there was, you know, tears and prayer and hugging and talking through things and people raising their voices and getting there. Anyway, it was, a, it was an emotional roller coaster. Um, one of the hardest things for me after the fact was to call them and say, do you guys want to go out to dinner? Like we'd always done, you know what I'm saying? Mm. Uh, <laughs> I think I think the fact that I'm it's so raw right now even shows what a struggle that is in your heart to forgive people at that level, and I and it's not something I think we can do in our own strength and our own ability. And even those things that I just listed, you can't. Well, I just checked all the boxes and it's fine. This is this is I think this highlights the reason Jesus came to Earth. And live this perfect, sinless life we can never live. And then he takes on all that brokenness and all that sin and all that evil on himself. And he pays for it completely and fully, dying the death that we deserve. And then he walks out of the grave triumphant over all of that mess. And then he says, take my heart. Like, you can do this. I'll do this for you. And I think that is when forgiveness becomes possible is when we say it's not me forgiving it's it's Christ through me forgiving this it's I've it's that go back to the the story of that ungrateful servant it's I've received the forgiveness of the king I don't have to go out and be a jerk to you I don't have to hold that grudge I don't have to I can forgive you and be gracious and merciful and forgiving and kind because I'm receiving that through through Christ does that make sense yeah yeah so I guess one question that I have is well, a question, then a follow-up question. Should your um, forgiveness be dependent on whether or not the offender That's apologizes? A good question. What do you think? I, I think no. I think no also. Because again, as you it's... mentioned, forgiveness is, is something yeah. that you need right. yeah. as well. And some people are going to offend you or attack you or do things. Yeah. And never be remorseful about it. Right. Well, and I think, well, that we could back this up even further. And I think this goes to if there is genuinely an offense. And by that, I mean an offense in that was there is someone has someone sinned against me in some way. Because sometimes some people just do stuff and you just don't like it's just not your preference. Like that's it just not annoys a, you. it just annoys you. And that's not a big that's not 
they don't need to apologize for that. You know, they they picked blue balloons, but you really would have preferred a green one. Mm. Okay. They don't have to apologize to you for that. Yeah. Um, but I think we need to ask the question, is there been genuine as a genuine offense, a genuine, a genuine sin. And then you think of a passage like in Matthew 5, where Matthew 5 says, if you're worshiping and you realize your brother has something against you, so he, he thinks I've done something, he says, you go to him. And then in Matthew 18, it says, if your brother has sinned, you go to him. So he's done something. So it doesn't matter who might be at fault, but it always puts that initiative on us to go um, at least confront the problem, confront to have that conversation. So I can follow that and I can go to the person and say, here's what I've perceived. Here's what I've experienced. Here's what I'm feeling. Can we talk through this and see, you know, work, work it out now at that point, I've done everything I'm asked to do. Um, I can't control their response. So I think it's your, I can't, you know, they may look at me and say, I'm not apologizing for that. That's ridiculous. Get out of here. Um, and they may hold me at arm's length and may they may that's, you know, that's on them. But I still, in my heart have to come to the point, which I think what you were getting at about forgiving them letting that go and not holding them captive in my own heart, my own mind. Because again, you, sometimes sometimes I think we're upset with people and not forgiving them and they have no clue that we're, you know, and I think that's yeah. to your point. They have no they have no idea that we're upset. They have no idea that we're, we're angry, we've been hurt. Um, and so I think, yeah, you don't need their permission to forgive them. So, so my follow-up question is then how do you manage, um, like uh, let's say the scenario is somebody does something really serious against you yeah. or your family or whatever. And uh, they're not apologetic about it. Mm-hmm. You still need to forgive that person, but how does trust yeah. fit into that after that point? Does that mean that you need to, you know, treat them the same as you yeah. always did? Well, there's a difference between an offense recognized and one that's gone unrecognized, right? Mm-hmm. And so, I mean, think about this: someone hurts you in some deep way, and we could go into some dark directions with what that hurt might be. Yeah, but. You know, and they're unrepentant and unacknowledging of it. Would it make sense then to keep putting yourself in that same situation? I would say no, um, because that, that, that there's been no heart transformation, there's been no acknowledgement of wrong or guilt or ownership of of it on their end. Now, I'm letting that go personally. I'm not going to hold on to it, um, but I don't need to keep. At that point, the relationship, you know. Ha- can't go back to how it was because there's mm-hmm. only half the party is saying it's a two-way street. It's a t- so in that regard, yeah, I think you're right. There's a two-way street. Again, the example I gave earlier, if that other couple did not want to reconcile, well, then no, we're not. I'm, I could, the thought of even picking up the phone and calling them would have been a moot point, right? Because they're yeah. they're saying we're not there yet. We're not going to do that. Right. So, See, and that's interesting because ever since you said it, it's been on my mind a little bit when you were talking about holding people at arm's length and like true forgiveness means you don't do that anymore. Right. Um, it's it's a pretty common thing, especially nowadays when we talk about like um, people who are toxic or toxic relationships. Mm-hmm. Like if somebody is just like they're uh, chronically adulterous mm-hmm. or if they're chronically like they're abusive mm-hmm. or things like that. It's been a really common thing it's like in my life and in a lot of people's language I see is that like you forgive them, but that doesn't mean you let them back in your yeah. life. So like, but as you were saying that, like it kind of, I had this, mm-hmm. this put tug away from that. I'm like, no, I don't like that. But then the more I thought about it, like, um, that's kind of Jesus's relationship yeah. to us. It, you know, like yeah. we're the toxic people. We are. Jesus keeps letting back into his life. So there's like, there's gotta be some sort of balance there. Right. And, and I think it goes back to the other parties 
heart and taking ownership of what of the relationship as well. Um, you know, I, you're right. I think Jesus pursues us even though we continually are going to think of, you know, there's a the prophet Hosea in the Old Testament who marries the prostitute. Are you familiar with this story? Mm. Marries a prostitute. She keeps running off and having affairs with other men. And he, and to the point that she's even caught, sold into slavery, he has to go buy her and bring her back. And he still keeps her as his wife. This is insane. What book as is this in? Hosea. The Bible. Cut that out. <laughs> Please. Please cut that out. Uh, I don't think I've ever read, never read that story. Oh no, my goodness! I've read this. I mean, I read the Bible, but I don't remember that this uh, particular this is, story. This is, it's a good story. It's a good story. Yeah. No, keep going. So the whole point of the story, you know, this that really happened with the prophet Isaiah and his his prostitute wife. Then you get past his initial chapters, um, and it's even crazy. She has children from other guys, and this guy raises them as his own. Like he, he has Damn. all these kids. So the point of the story was Jesus says. Israel is like this prostitute. I have to keep going back. She's running from me. She's going to other lovers. I have to come back. So to your comment, that is what we are to Jesus. Mm-hmm. We're not, you know, if we like to think I'm so faithful and I'm so good, I'm doing all the right stuff. We're not. We're this harlot that keeps running off over here and we need Jesus to keep going back, come back, say, come back here. I forgive you. Come back here. So, wow. Read that story. Yeah. Old Testament story I got to read. Old Testament. Yeah. So, Pastor Logan, any final thoughts before we wrap up here? What, what should what, what people at home viewing? I mean, they're in all sorts of different scenarios, yeah. different family situations, different relationship situations. Yeah. What message do you have for them? I would say, um, as difficult as forgiveness might seem, um, and I don't. Again, I know the the variety of circumstances they might have, and I know the depth of the hurt and the heartache and the tears. That is exactly why Christ has come. That he's not only extended forgiveness to you and me and to that other person, (laughs) um, but he's actually made a way that we can be reconciled to that person as well. Amen. Amen. Thank you for being here, Pastor. Oh, I'm so grateful to have the opportunity, guys. What's your website? Uh, For the church is crosspointutah.com. Check it out if you're interested. Cross Truth point, is yeah. great wherever you can find it. And uh, we're, it, it's been a joy to have you on the show. Thank you so much. Thank you for what you've taught us. And uh, and we're just, we love talking about Jesus. Three three facial-haired dudes <laughs> talking about Jesus. <laughs> Doesn't get any better. That's awesome. Doesn't get any better. <laughs> <laughs> All right, guys. We'll see you next time. Thanks for listening. If you want to watch our videos, check us out on YouTube or shoot us a message on Facebook, Instagram, or Twitter.